too much to your annoyance, Alex. But... I, who, who wrote High Guardian Spies down here? I should slap okay. you. Should know who yeah, you, you can't you just should know. you can't just name drop a High Guardian Spice without context. Welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and join me tonight, we have our wizard of wait, what, Chinoda. Ayo, what's good? It's the day after Easter, and I bought like $15 worth of chocolate. Oh god, I'm gonna get diabetes so quick. Can you tell we you record these episodes? And our chivalry of Shota's Shotaro. But is any of your chocolate crispy rice chocolate? Nah, milk chocolate so. all the way. Didn't I'd like to point so. out that I, I would like to point out that you two can both go to hell because I'm on a fucking keto diet and I can't eat chocolate at all. You're the, the one who keto, put honey. yourself there. Hey, only, I've lost thirty you only pounds. Live so once, fuck girl. You. I've I've lost thirty pounds, so I can't complain about the results. Anyway, fair. So before. Fair. Yes, it is. So before we actually talk about what we're going to talk about tonight, for the second week in a row, it seems, we're going to have to talk about some sad news. Uh, So recently, two rather famous manga authors have left us. Uh, The first, and probably the most famous, is uh, Monkey Punch, who was the creator of the very, very long-running Lupin Third series. Um he died back on April 11th. Uh, the cause of death is pneumonia. He was 81 years old. Um, it's if you haven't if you haven't gone out there and watched any Lupin the Third anime or read any of the manga, definitely watch it because it's it's worth your time. At it's least watch really worth one time. of the movies. Like yes. it's so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's worth your time. It's a piece of anime and manga history at this point. Um, so yeah, definitely do that. I'm definitely sad that, that he passed away. Uh, the second mangaka that recently left us is the mangaka behind Lone Wolf and Cub, Kazuo Koike. He passed away on, uh, what was it? The 17th of April. And uh, also of pneumonia. So uh, pneumonia is no joke when you're old, folks. Um <laughs> He was 82. Uh, Some of his other stuff that maybe you've heard of. uh, He was the manga behind Samurai Executioner, Crying Freeman, Lady Snowblood, uh, Mad Bull 34. Uh, And also he worked in conjunction with Miki Fujita on Golgo 13. So if you've heard of any of those. uh, Some of those I haven't read. I have read Samurai Executioner. It's actually pretty freaking good um and so is Google 13 which he worked on uh I he also made some uh comics in the uh western world didn't he um yes he worked um i think it was for, it was through dark horse comics i think yeah it um, is yeah i can't remember what it was he worked on though <laughs> um i do know that dark horse eventually ended up publishing um uh, Lone Wolf and Cub in English 
So uh, I, but I don't, I don't, I know he worked on a, an actual comic book series, but I can't remember which one off the top of my head. And I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't have that in front of me at the moment. Um, yeah, uh, definitely sad to see these two long-standing stalwarts of the manga segment of our fandom gone. But definitely, definitely check out some of their work if you haven't. It's, it's worth your time, and it's worth, it, it's definitely worth looking into. So. Tonight, what are we actually going to be discussing? Well, kind of what we do on YouTube ourselves, which is host a podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about anime and anime commentary on YouTube, like the history of it, the evolution of it over time. So I'm going to start with something that I know that show has no idea what it is because he wasn't even an anime fan at the time. Um... I want you to all come back with me. Go get, get back in the Wayback Machine with me. We're going to go back to 2007 and 2008 on YouTube. Now, for those of you who were around then, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you that weren't, buckle up. I wonder how many people even know what a Wayback Machine is. Uh, I don't know. Well, go to the uh, Internet Archive. You'll find out. Um uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, one of the things you could do on YouTube back in the day, back before it was bought by Google and you could monetize stuff on it, um, people would upload actual scan or not scans, what am I talking about? Actual, like, files of actual anime on YouTube. Now, back then, there was a time limit for how long a video could be. I as well think as quality was- limit. <laughs> And quality limits, yes. Um, I think if I remember correctly, you had to be what was called you had to have what was called a director's um, account at the time. And even then, you were only allowed to upload videos that were up to ten minutes long. Um, so, and, and there was a whole process to getting a director's account back then. Um, so most people didn't have them. But one thing that you could do, and what a lot of people did back then, was they would upload actual episodes of anime in about eight minute long chunks and you'd have to and it, every episode would be divided into three parts and that's how you'd have to watch it now i bring this up because this is how some people actually got started being an anime fan um john who was actually supposed to be on this episode tonight told us that that's how he became an anime fan was by watching anime this way back on youtube back in 2007 8 9 God, um, I remember how many episodes I watched in that format, and yeah, it's a trip. It is. It's it's an interesting way to get your shit. Um, I do remember coincidentally spe- seeing as this is the spring 2019 season and the new Fruits Basket anime is airing. I thought I'd bring this up. That's how I actually watched the original Fruits Basket anime was on YouTube doing that, <laughs> watching it in eight minute chunks. So I, it was it was a totally different time, and that was before they had like content ID. That was before you could monetize channels. It's before so much of the stuff that we have on the internet now that people use to get their shit across. Yeah, laws and systems weren't even in place for uh, things like this. This was in the very beginning new. of it. It was so new, like this idea that you could have a channel and you could regularly upload something. And I think that was one of the things that made early days of anime on YouTube really great, in my opinion. I mean, obviously this was copyright infringement, but we didn't care at the time. <laughs> Neither did YouTube until it got bought by Google. Um, 
So I, I also want to bring in, I, I want to talk about something else from those early days that have that has somewhat stayed around, but it's, it's certainly evolved. And I want, I want to talk about YouTube poops for just a second. Oh, beautiful. Um, a lot. And I do mean a lot, a lot, lot, lot of those early YouTube poops were very anime centric. And they were, a lot of them revolved around like English dubs of anime like reworking them to make characters say bullshit and a lot of them were really good um there is one in particular i do want to i do want to mention who is still around today and still makes videos although not necessarily just youtube boot videos he's definitely evolved and that's emperor lemon um go subscribe to him on youtube if you haven't because it's definitely worth your time he does a lot of commentary and uh, not anime commentary just general commentary videos now but back when like youtube poops were becoming a thing he was one of the big players in that and he used a lot of anime reference material when he made his poops and some of them are still i uh, went back and watched a couple recently some of them are still fucking funny hell a lot of them are still pretty damn funny even though the test it a lot of them i've seen uh, now and then still and they stand the test of time they're just like timeless comedy the shit's yeah. gold and i think we you and i chinoda would be very remiss if we didn't talk about amv hell because oh. let's be honest even though it had amv in the name what it really was was a very long form glorified youtube boob it was basically a bunch of skits put into like a hour hour something long video and there's been Six or seven AMV Hells made. And they did include some AMVs uh, here and there inside the skits themselves. But it was rare and in between. You were mostly there for just the comedy skits. And oh my god. You would be on the floor dying laughing. <laughs> I know it had me like that too many times for me to count. I remember they did a Christmas episode one time, which was fucking hysterical. Um, also, I, they all well, they didn't put this on YouTube for very obvious reasons, but they also did a hentai-based one, which was also really funny. Wait, what? I don't think they I've did. seen you, this. You had to, I, I don't even know if the, if the website is still around, but you had to go to their actual website to download the hentai one, and it was called, I think it was called AMV Hell Zero. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Or no, no, it was called AMV Hell Divided by Zero. Oh, I haven't seen that in so long. God, I don't even. I barely remember. I gotta rewatch this shit. Oh no. But it, it was stuff like that. It was like it was really creative stuff like that in the early days. It. I, I look back on it and say, like, why can't we have that now? Why does everything have to be so long form and like? Oh wait, that's what we do. Never mind. <laughs> Hell, I, I remember, like, just because of AMV Hell Alone, the amount of anime I got from there that I just laughed at, I'm like, holy shit, I need to just check this out, even if it's uh not specifically funny like this. And almost all of them, if not all of them, turned out to be hella good uh, anime. Most, uh, the most important of which, which uh, I think has been featured the most and definitely sticks out to me in memory, Azumanga Daio. Oh, oh yeah, they used a lot of clips from Azumanga Daio. There was a, oh god, well, there was a running, there was a running joke throughout AMV Hell, and I, for the life of me, I can't remember what it is, but it involved Azumanga Daio. 
wasn't it at the uh, helicopter hair? Yes, nope. yes, it was. It was the helicopter hair. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry for anyone who has no clue what the fuck we're talking about, but trust well, us still when ha- we say you have to look at this stuff. Like, yeah, you th- will still love up. it. They're still up. You can go watch them today. I don't think any of them have been taken down for any No, they're still stuff, up, least, which is like a miracle. Um, although I think the project is pretty much dead as far as I know. No, I, I, it's been five plus years since I've seen the yeah. new AMV Hell. So, yeah. yeah. Unless the one they're working on now is really, really good, and they're going the Bethesda route by really hyping us up to let us down. Yo, why uh, you gotta hurt me? Like, What the fuck? I'm just saying, Elder Scrolls Six is around the corner. Brace yourselves. <laughs> Actually, it's way, way down the street. But anyway, I digress. Um, I do want to also talk about one thing. I, per- I don't know if you can actually trace a lineage to all of this, but I like to think that a lot of the people that got started doing um, a bridge series got started because they were inspired by YouTube poops and stuff like AMV Hell. Um, I can actually comment on this a little bit. Um, the, a lot of people did get a bit inspired by that, and the very uh, the first person to really come up with something hella funny and really start the whole uh, a bridge series uh, trend was Little Karibo. And oh, then course, uh, yes. Team Four Star popped up and uh, other abridgers as well. But a lot of it started off with Little Karibo. He's still around too and making excellent stuff to this day. I'd like to point out not so little anymore. Oh yeah, no. He, he is a fucking titan and I love that beautiful bald man. <laughs> I yeah, got him, uh, lo- lost I got his him, hair. I got him to sign my win Karibo at Toronto's uh, anime convention, and I freaked him <laughs> out by um, fanning out to him. Oh God, who hasn't fan- uh, fangirled to little Karibo though? He- he's such a sweetheart. He really is. He he is quite. <laughs> he's something. Um, but yeah, I, I just I like to think that these people probably got inspired to do the bridge series because of how creative like YouTube poops and and like AMV Hell was. Um, I don't know if that's actually true or not, but it, it, it seems to be a logical progression, just from a content standpoint. But anyway, I digress. So one of the things that this obviously led to is the trend of which I think you're seeing the genesis of today, which is stuff like what we do, which is a podcast or people who do uh, general commentary on the state of anime or specific anime in general. Um, so uh, do you want to, you want to get a started uh, show with one of these uh, as you've labeled them trendsetters? Oh, please. You shouldn't have said that word out loud. I didn't mean that. Um, <laughs> Very I just, literally. I, I wanted to point out that that's that you chose the gayest word you could, and I'm oh, very. Oh fuck you! Okay, I didn't know what other term to use for anime commentators um, that are uh, prominent besides trendsetters. So, actually, I started watching uh, anime in 2011. So, the first sort of anime-related content that I started consuming was a little uh, tiny podcast called Podtaku on YouTube. Oh, yeah. It's so niche. So, like, 
what its biggest video only has 250k views like yeah around a quarter of a million views like so niche honey not even millions oh my god okay, no, i'm joking <laughs> they're very they were they were honestly they were the only relevant anime commenters on youtube basically even I would if say you on, didn't they were watch or uh listen to them you know you knew their names back then some way yeah or oh yeah um, I, I would like to say that at the time, especially the the time it came out, which it's the first episode came out in 2012, um, there really wasn't any long form anime podcast at that time on YouTube, at least not that I can recall. I mean, and and certainly not one that was not backed by like Crunchyroll or Funimation or you know a, a corporate interest. These were just it, well, it started out as four people just getting together and basically doing what we do. Was Crunchyroll even like up and they were still going pirates in back then? I think. Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Crunchyroll's been around since before then. Yeah, sure. Anyways, um, but yeah, I would even venture to say that they were like the most relevant anime commenters on the internet in general, at least from what I, from what I was consuming, um, and that was a good thing and a bad thing. I was like a fucking religious devotee <laughs> to them <laughs> at the time. I would watch like or listen to every single episode and I would be like living and dying on their every word. And honestly, looking back at those days, a lot of the anime that they were into, you know, I wasn't really into. <laughs> and like it was... It was kind of weird because I was getting into anime and I was just like, oh, these guys like Evangelion a lot. <laughs> um, and so I tried to watch Evangelion and I'm like, why do you like this? <laughs> I just, it's not my cup of tea, but they really like that. And they really liked um, Adolescence on an Incline, um, <laughs> which is one of their um, kids on the slope cringy jokes. <laughs> It's cringy now, but it was. I it might have been funny. I it could have been funny. I don't know. The I didn't watch Kids on the Slope, so the uh, joke flew over my head at the time. I still haven't watched Kids on the Slope because I still, <laughs> um, like I that's not my kind of anime. So like it was good that you know they were talking about anime because obviously I was me and a lot of other weebs were desperate for uh because you know we're very lonely uh to <laughs> listen to people talk about anime but at the same time they were basically the only uh people talking about it and they didn't really talk about a variety in my opinion so i mean i didn't really get introduced to any particular anime that really changed that really like synced and vibed with me through them um so that's kind of a shame but that was my experience with Pataku. I'm sure you all have um, watched some of it. Nope, oh, not yeah, a I single mean, bit. I... Really? Oh, wow, okay. Wow. <laughs> That's actually kind of surprising considering how long you've actually been an anime fan. But I do think there is some credence to what uh, Sho said that probably the reason you latched on to it is because it's it started at a time when you were just getting into anime and you were just looking for, you know, a group of other people who could maybe help you 
traverse this new landscape exactly so i didn't even you... i don't know when reddit came about but like there was no other forum that i was aware of on the internet that i could like talk to people about anime with well you could always go to 4chan but you're taking your life in your hands by I mean, doing that i don't know i don't know who who's supposed to tell me about 4chan girl i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no one tells you about 4chan. You find yourself on it late at night when oh you're very God, desperate for porn. Literally. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, I, I think I think that's why a lot of people because that 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 came at a time when like the the early 2010s, late 2000s, where a lot of younger people were starting to get into anime because of things like Crunchyroll and Funimation that were putting their stuff online, like streaming services, and and you had Netflix was also had some anime on their service too. And people were were getting into this, and I think that I think Podtaku kind of came around at this this perfect time where they had a very while it was still kind of small, had a very captive audience looking for content, and I'm, they provided it. The the one thing I will say, well, go ahead. I was just gonna I say going. that it was a relatively big audience, but like. Hmm. It's small at by today's standards. It's, by today's standards, yes, but at the time it was pretty big for a, a channel that devoted exclusively to anime content. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, that, um, oh no, it's gone. Never mind. <laughs> okay. I was just, um, I just wanted to bring it up that it's interesting that honestly, I can't think of a more or even anything on its level. That is a podcast that is as culturally influential as it in the sphere of anime. Like, there's no other podcast on the internet that is like as relevant as Podtaku, and they're like they finished in 2016. Unless okay, you guys, I'm assuming you're, I'm assuming you're limiting yourself to the anime sphere, Obviously. not just podcast in general. Okay, because I was about to slap you down if that was what you were saying. But like, unless you guys know of another highly successful anime podcast, I can't really think of any other podcast that was as successful. I can. I, I mean, want to say can... the highest successful one other than them possibly might have been the IGN uh anime uh podcast they were they got pre- uh rather sizable eh, yeah, the thing I is would like agree with that. if you ask 10 weebs none of them would know IGN but if That's, you ask well, 10 weebs nine would know Pataku. So. Well, if you ask ten, if you ask ten weebs, at least nine of them will know who Gigak is for oh, sure. All ten would know who Gigak is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You might have you might have that five year old anime fan who's like who? No, the five year olds are movies. like the heaviest YouTube users. <laughs> I just watch Ghibli movies. Don't don't, don't hit me. Oh God. Um, Anyways. Um. Yeah. I... I I think Chinoda might be right. Like the IGN anime podcast, which is how we all met and started this doing this podcast. Um, I, it had a relatively successful audience. Um, although it just kind of stopped after what two years, two and a half ish. Yeah, th- there were uh, reasons for it. I honestly don't remember. Oh yeah, actually, oh, man, a lot. I think a lot of the stop reason it stopped was because the people that worked on it were getting way too busy. Yeah, something like that. Actually, come to think of it, I kind of, I personally liked the uh, Crunchyroll podcast, but I know no, not it's not very popular. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it seems so. I I watched like maybe three or four episodes of that, and it seems so corporate. 
it seems like it's just safe. I just have an infatuation with um, I don't know who who the PA woman is. I forget oh, her name. What's her name? I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of her name either. Oh God, damn it! <laughs> it's gonna bother well, you now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, but getting back to Potaku, I I do think one of the things that's amazing is there were there were four or four original people on that podcast they also brought in some other people from time to time as like guests and then they also spun off this jaytaku thing which had a bunch of other people on it who were much less well known which i also think probably well yeah i would say it was a little less successful than podtaku overall in terms of average view, uh viewership but you had giga arcada holden and gene um of those four original people only two of those are still relevant, Gigak and Arcada. And Arcada isn't anywhere near as relevant as Gigak in terms of viewership. Mm-hmm. Because I'm convinced at this point, and this is not necessarily a slight on Gigak, even though I have a sort of love-hate relationship with his content, but I am convinced that Gigak could put out a fucking video of him staring into the camera for five minutes, and it would get a million views within a week. I don't Listen. Know he is a shit poster of the grand scale, and we love him for it. Okay. I mean, yeah, he's definitely he definitely has that trollish aspect to him, which I can I can certainly appreciate. But I say I have a love hate relationship with him for one reason: it's his comedy. So I loved him on Pataku because he was constantly having to play off other people to get laughs, and I thought it was great. I it almost always hit spot on. But I think that his comedy when he does his like solo videos for his own channel are kind of hit or miss for me. Like I don't think he's always spot on with his comedy when he's by himself. Sometimes he he is, and it's fantastic. But then there's other times where it just it all seems to really fall flat. And I don't know. I just thought that he his the, his style of comedy does better, in my opinion, when he has someone else to play off of. That's my own opinion. I don't really find him funny. <laughs> Damn. Um, That's, um well, okay. I've only watched him uh by himself on on his uh channel and like it it does uh good for me. I I I laugh at it. I enjoy his uh humor. So I think uh the comedy aspect is more each uh their own. Uh maybe, maybe I it just could be the type of comedy that I'm into. I just thought that when he was playing, especially off of Arcada, he was really, really well because Arcada was always the straight man and Gigak was always the fucking fool that would come in and just throw him down. I it I it was just it was fun to watch. That's why I, I genuinely appreciate what Pataku was able to do in the years that they did. I will say one thing that I always found funny was and this could be this could be a relic of the time that when it when it was going on they never released on a regular schedule ever it was you know whenever they felt like getting together to record that's when they do it you could not in any way build an audience on youtube that way today back then you probably could but i i just i can't see anyone doing that today times have changed and unless like, like your quality is that high you just can't do it that way anymore yeah I feel like Digibro was like that intermittently. But, yeah, but and... now he does stuff on a regular basis. I know. 
Uh, that's actually a great segue. Should we start talking about Did You Bro? Because no. you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go with this one because I can't stand the man. Oh my god! But we're skipping over the years. We have to go in chronological order. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to start with what we have listed first? Then okay. Go ahead. So before Did You Bro, um, before he had his um claim to fame, um. Oh, well, actually, you know what? We can go to DigiBro because these things are not listed in freaking chronological order. So let's make up your fucking mind. Oh, my God. It's not my fault that we didn't order these in chronologically. Okay. Girls, girls. Yes. So in 2014, DigiBro released um, a video whose title was somewhat along the lines of a diatribe on Sword Art Online. And that made him quite famous in the anime And the internet sphere. has never been the same since. And it also... Well, that's true. I don't think he's ever had as um, as successful a video as that. Um, not Well, I don't know about views, but like culturally speaking. Um, and Digibro brought a distinctly unique style of commentary. This is a very political way of saying that. Um, um, uh, yeah, you're v- being very generous <laughs> with that phrase. Um, distinct from Potaku, that is, because where Potaku was basically like a bunch of friends, uh, just shooting the shit, talking about whatever the fuck they want. Digibro was more like, <clears throat> I have a bone to pick with you, and I'm going to pick it while you're screaming in pain. <laughs> Because I am, like, stabbing you in the gut while I'm picking this bone. Um, And that was his style of commentary where he would pick apart every single tiny detail of, uh, at this point, Sword Art Online. And it would go on to be a lot of other shows. Um, And honestly, it was quite entertaining. Um, And there have been, well, for me at least, I don't know about you guys you guys probably have different opinions um but ever since the video in 2014 there's been a huge surgence in the similar style of being very concerned with the trivial details of anime and picking it apart at a such a tiny minute level uh every single thing um such as uh, Mother's Basement is a similar kind of style. Oh, hold on, hold on. <coughs> yeah, okay, go on. <clears throat> okay. Um. <laughs> I had to do that for my own sanity. Go on. Yeah. Um. But, like, actually, yeah. I mean, that basically summarizes... Um, I just found it interesting that, like, it was such a huge shift of style from uh podtaku to the digibro style of videos and i think the digibro style of videos are still pretty successful um currently in present day um and there's not a lot of podtaku style of casual bullshit um and i don't know where i don't know i guess i'm kind of getting ahead of myself but i don't know if this uh I honestly am kind of tired at this point of the Digibro style of being overcritical. And I don't know if we're going to go roundabout back to Potaku or what. I certainly hope so, because we've already got that established. 
LOL. Yes, if you're looking for Potaku uh, <laughs> style content, then you're in the right place. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that fucking insincerest laugh I've ever heard in my life. Uh you so guys. can I talk about Digibro for just a moment? Go ahead. It's really easy to draw views when all you do is talk about clickbait topics. But like what? the whole sort of online thing. The whole sort of online thing. He did that when when the the first season of Sort of Online had just finished airing, I uh-huh. believe. Um and he was just parroting a, a view that many, many people who watched it felt. And he was just giving rise to, or giving a voice, basically, to their frustrations with it, which I can certainly understand why you would do that. I will say, though, that just about every video he's done since then, it's like, and it is like you say, he delves he, he into this absolute just minutia of details to pick stuff apart. Oh, okay. and, and like, at, at some point, it's like, Give it up. Like there you you cannot break this into any more parts. Are you sure he was parroting views? Because I'm pretty sure that was like an unheard of opinion at the time. <sighs> now it's a common think, opinion, but I'm I like, think I think there were a lot of people who felt that way at the time but didn't say anything because it was so popular. Okay, well, from my experience, it was uh unheard of view. And as well, I know that he himself has stated that he thought it was a uh, unheard of view. So I don't know. I don't know what you where you've heard of. I don't know what you are hearing, but it may it may have been you may have heard it before. I don't know. I I'm just going by at at the time back in 2014 or, yeah, right around that time after uh, Sword Art Online had the first season of Sword Art Online had finished airing. I just remember there were a lot of people that I talked to at the time who were anime fans, anime watchers, you know, and had seen it like I had, and they thought it was shit. But they never really said anything because I think a lot of people that watched it and thought it was shit also thought that most people thought it was shit. Honey, I, that makes no sense because everyone, it was so popular in 2014. But I, okay. You're not making any sense, Alex. <laughs> yeah, honestly, most not of here what I heard of back in the day is nothing but praise and just admiration for SAO. I think it might have been a lot of us were towards the younger side back then and just like watch whatever without giving it critical giving thought, really. And, you know, just watch whatever for entertainment and that's all. Don't actually give it thought. Yeah. I think actually I would I would probably be more inclined to agree with that. Yeah, you're probably right. I probably might not have been paying that much of attention back then because I feel I think I've talked about this before, but I feel that since I do this now on the podcast, I feel like almost an obligation to get a sense of what everyone else thinks before I tell anyone what I think. Okay. Doesn't that um, skew opinion though? Uh, it makes it. it for me personally, it makes me content with having certain views or knowing when to speak up because I might have a contrary view. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, I I understand. That this listen, there is a whole philosophy behind this, and yes, I, I don't think we should even go into it. But right we're now. we're not here to talk about essay or debate philosophy. We're here to talk about Digibro for a second. I I think I do think though that. 
I, I've gotten to the point where I can't even watch his stuff anymore because he's just talking about this, this insignificant small detail and saying, well, the anime is shit because of this little tiny detail that happened in episode two at minute uh, at the at the. 20 uh 20 minute and 32 second mark so the entire anime is shit because of this and i'm thinking like first of all get a fucking life second of all like there's only so far that you can review and critique things into which you're getting it's like you're trying to get into the artist's head and it's like just just review and critique what's in front of you i don't know if any of those uh criticisms are legitimate but (laughs) I think, um, honestly, like I said, I am kind of, I I never hated his content, but I am kind of just bored with it at this point. I think the last video I watched was his criticism of Scum's Wish, which I loved Scum's Wish, and he just did a hot shit on it. (laughs) And I was Uh, like, no, why (laughs) would you hurt me? But uh, I do think, though, you are right that the cer- there are certain copycats that have sort of arisen because of Digipro's, I guess, what do you want to call it, success. Um, Mother's Basement <laughs> being one of those. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I should explain this. I don't like Mother's... Well, I used to tolerate Mother's Basement because I thought that he did uh, somewhat good uh op slash ed <laughs> reviews and breakdowns um although over the last i'll say year and a half or so um i've noticed that he has been letting his own personal political beliefs seep into his reviews and i don't i don't watch anime reviews to figure out what a commentator's political beliefs are what are that, his political beliefs i don't know i very, don't watch him he, he, well, judging from the some of the stuff that he's said or some of the stuff he's in, insinuated in some of his reviews and from stuff that he espouses on Twitter, um, he seems to lean very SJW-ish. Oh, honey, maybe uh, I should watch him. But the the straw that broke the camel's back for me was something that he said when uh, Rising of a Shield Hero came out. And I I don't have the exact tweet in front of me. But it was basically saying that that he he felt like it was the whole premise of the whole false rape allegation was uh, God. What was the word he used? Because it was it really drove me a bend. <laughs> um, God, I can't remember it now. I should go look it up. But um, anyway, he was insinuating that it wasn't a creative choice um, because no one would believe it. What if if it had actually happened? I know, right? No, um, I'm so confused. I I, I I should have I should have before we started recording gone and looked it up, um, but um, it was just it, he was insinuating that the whole reason he didn't like it was because it was a man being falsely accused of rape, and which and he was heavily implying that it would have been better had a woman or not had, had a uh, had a man. God, I can't remember what it is now. <laughs> no, okay, so I'm, I I know how to do this. I know words. Um, you know, he was genders, insinuating though. that it would have been better had it been the other way around. Had I'm thinking, woman? well, that's a very wait. that's a very like sexist thing to say. Wait, wait, what? He would have been okay with a woman being falsely accused of rape? Yes, I feel like you got that wrong because that makes no sense. 
I, 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 okay. Are you uh, sure so you're you remembering talk- this tweet right? Like, do you want to bring it up just in case? I'm going to go look at, I'm going to go look it up so I get it right. So someone else talk about the next point of contention. Have you, weren't you, didn't you want to talk about Mother's Basement, Shinoda? Um, yeah. So in the, um, in the history of, uh, of, I feel Mother's Basement is a more, it's towards the near side rather than the older side, but it, it does have a, um, the channel itself uh, does have, uh, some history. Um, he has done, uh, excellent work and it's, uh, actually improved over the years, at least in my opinion. Um, the fact that, uh, there's a lot of, uh, analysis, uh, into OPs and EDs, um, fights and, um, just uh stylistic choices of uh anime um i do appreciate it because um just a lot of those things that uh he does uh take a very specific look at it, it is a uh, details that honestly just flies over my head most of the time i appreciate it sometimes i catch uh bits of it here and there but the level of detail that's uh that it's done at is rather impressive and I have to applaud the amount of time it must take to uh, produce that content. Mm. That is true. I don't watch a lot of his content, but I can understand what you're saying. Like on a technical level, he can catch a lot of things that would be interesting to see, to hear about. That That's exactly. pretty, yeah. That's I'm sorry, you were going to say? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't have anything else to say about Mother's Basement or Digibro. Um, so we can just move on <laughs> to the next, I would call this wave of um, anime YouTubers, which is headed by the anime man who, um, well, he started his channel in um 2013 but he hit his 1 million uh subscriber mark in 2017 and i personally um identify with his channel um around the 2017 mark because that's when it was relevant to me and i was watching it so that's the era in which i put him and then you have uh his as alex would say cabal of (laughs) cohorts (laughs) Um, hey hey, it's a good word shut up which um i mean the original four were him aki dearest lost paws and misty and their style of content was very oh my god i would (laughs) i was gonna say millennial (laughs) this is such a horrible term to use okay it's a very like rapid paced very tongue-in-cheek, very comedy-oriented. I wouldn't see, like, Potaku was casual comedy. This is more like, like, ADD comedy, if you know what I mean. Like, you gotta get were things they, done uh, fast, quick, let's go. Um, were they a podcast as well, or something else? Oh, no, they were just, they just did, like, vlogs. They just talked, like, for 10 to 15 minutes about whatever. Okay. And, like, they do a lot of, like, 
I don't know how else. What other term could I use other than millennial? Okay, they do a lot of millennial topics like challenge videos and like quiz videos and like, um, you know, those. <laughs> I don't know how to take those topics and put them together as a general, um, under a general header, but they do those kind of um, content. And I mean, I was, I used to watch the anime man a lot. Um, I also used to watch Akidiris and Lost Paws a lot. Um, like I would binge their videos um, from a, for a very short period of time. And then I got, and then I was done with them. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's interesting how there's, um, these three different styles that I can identify that it's Potaku, Digibro, and the anime man. I would, I just call it the anime man style. Um, <laughs> I hate to interrupt you, Go but ahead, I found the please tweet. Please do. <laughs> okay, it's part of a three tweet thread, so I'll just read the whole Hello, thing. This is from oh, Mother's, no. Okay, we're in for From trip. Mother's Basement on January 6, 2019. Uh, let's see. Lord L, Maloai, whatever, second season, and Boogie Pop are both really great so far. Price of Smile is cute, could be good. Shield Hero's quote-unquote poor-me protagonist is kind of dumb, and the writing of the villains is mawkish, but it goes in the direction of turning if, but if it goes into the turning, ugh, let me read that again. But if it goes in the direction of turning him into a bad person, it could be interesting. Seems like he is going to have to do bad things to get by. Long as I'm not expected to sympathize with him and think everyone else deserves what's coming, that could be a really good angle for an Isekai story. If I am, dot, dot, dot. Well, the music and art direction are pretty great at least. And then he goes on to kind of, I guess, explain himself. Says, specifically, if he's he, being the main character of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero, uh, if he's forced to reckon in some way with the fact that what's got him into this mess is ultimately his own laziness and expectation that life should hand him everything he needs, not just everyone else being mean, that could be a good arc. So basically he's saying, he said that the whole reason that the, the main character, who is male, got into the problem of being falsely accused of rape was that he was lazy mm. which is that just uh, sexist that's a bit it much. is it it also goes off the fact that like you like unless you uh read ahead or something no like whatever it is you have to um like in a situation like that you everything seems to be fine and like most animes uh like that they they tend to be uh more light than anything like i had no clue about shield hero and how it would turn out i just thought oh another uh more lighthearted isekai i did not expect it to take a darker turn uh that it did but initially i was like okay he seems a uh, really fucking naive uh but like everything seems to be kind of whatever and like just I, blaming him for uh for expecting uh decency i suppose and like uh some uh, value for being called a a legendary hero or whatever like 
it's kind of expected stuff. How are you gonna be mean about it? He did, uh, if I remember right, he did, uh, go on to later recant, uh, the statements, uh, he made, but still. Well, he must have because he deleted the tweets. Then how'd you find them? Because I screenshot them. Oh my god, you're such... You call me a Twitter stalker. Honey. No, I actually posted... I, I screenshot them and then put them on our... Uh, our, um, Discord? our Discord server for the podcast. That's how I found them. Oh, honey. I didn't keep them. I didn't know you were his secret admirer. But I just went what and checked. What kind of secret they are deleted. admirer? Anyway, okay. the whole re- the whole reason I brought that up is because I just I got the feeling that the way he phrased that meant that if this if the main character had been a woman, I wouldn't have these issues. I don't think he phrased it that well, but I can relate to his sentiments. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That was a mess. That whole tweet yeah. thread was a mess. Was a mess, but I guess. Well, it... there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, grammatical errors that I had to kind of fix for him. I guess saying a tweet thread is a mess is redundant because it's self. It kind of is, yeah. Uh, explanatory. Um. Yeah. Anyway, back to the anime man. Yeah. Well, I don't really have anything like, in more to say other than uh, distinguishing his style from the rest of them and just. I do out. like the style yeah. you said, millennial. That's a good style. For I it, mean. <laughs> <laughs> like it's pretty like I don't want to use that term but that's what it is honestly um I I do have one thing like I I've watched the anime man's content on and off for years now probably since about 2015 20 yeah about 2015 I'd say um and I, I had a lot of respect for him until he made a video claiming that Number he clearly doesn't like English dubs, which is fine. There's a lot of people that don't like English <laughs> Funny dubs. Enough, I'm fine with that. His first ever YouTube video is like, I hate English dubs. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but another video that he where he goes talks about English dubs, where he's he literally says that there's no reason for anime or English dubs or any dub other than the Japanese dub to ever exist. And I'm thinking, that's a very elitist thing to say. Like I would not have gotten into anime at all had it not been for English dubs. I'm sorry if that offends you in some way, but I would say at least half, if not more, of the people who are into anime now that live in the West, especially in like North America, got into anime because of English dubs. So you saying that does nothing to further the, the cause of the anime fandom. Well, I can understand what he's saying because like he's a native Japanese speaker. Actually, something else. I don't know if he's native, but he does speak... Uh, Japanese, so I mean, it would make yeah, sense he's, for he's him. Yeah, he's fluent. He's fluent in Japanese, which I, I can certainly understand that, but that's something else that bothers me. He presents himself as a Western anime fan, and I don't consider him a Western anime fan for the simple Whoa. fact that, number one, he's half Japanese, oh, and number two, God. he's fluent. So and number two, ah! And number two, he's fluent in Japanese. Why which are you I, so I racist, can't. Alex? How is that? Ra- pointing out that he's Japanese is racist? That's called a fact. But he lives in Australia. Okay, but that doesn't mean he's not half Japanese. Yeah, but that, like, he is a Western because he lives in Australia. He doesn't live in Japan. Oh, my God. But how many Western how many Western anime fans do you know can watch anime in Japanese with no subtitles? How many? Name, name, name at least five that you know personally. Honey, I could say something like, oh, my God. 
Name an anime fan that does um, anime club after dark and is fucking has a okay whatever has a fucking ah, okay I don't know I don't know something unique about me but whatever you could just put a like a list of unique things and then single out that one person but like yeah he's not a typical Western fan but he's still a Western fan. Okay, well, I, I, I can go with that. Not a, Certainly not a typical Western fan. A very small minority Western fan being one that can watch anime in Japanese with no subtitles. Yeah, okay. Are you saying but, any any fan who can watch without subtitles is not a Western fan? Whatever. We're getting way too off topic. Whatever. Just continue I'm saying 99.99999% of, of Western anime fans can't do that. Oh. How, what a shame. I think that number is much... Lower Large. than that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Anyway, what was your point that you were getting to? Well, my my original my original point was that the whole point of contention about anime dubs or English anime dubs not they shouldn't even exist. Really, like, oh, like okay. what? Why would you say that? I know you're like so touchy on this subject, girl. You're so sensitive. <laughs> Whatever no, just, you you have stupid, your you have a, your hills to die on. Whatever I. It's don't. a stupid elitist thing to say. Okay, honey. That only that uh, I will I will say this, and this is not racist. It's only something that someone who is fluent in Japanese could say. No, I could say it too. Well, you wouldn't mean it. Why not? You you would be willing to watch anime for the rest of your life, not knowing a word of what anyone is saying. Oh, without subtitles? No. No I, subtitles at all. I thought, but we're talking about dubs, not subtitles. That's what I'm talking about, but he's the only kind of person that would say that is someone who is fluent in Japanese, who could literally watch it the way it was intended to be watched. Okay, Alex. I would still have the same opinion, but for different reasons. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Also, Aki Dearest is what uh, is what a Fujoshi would be like if you describe one on the phone. Uh, that sounds offensive. You're so offensive today. <laughs> I mean, she's kind of Fujoshi. I don't even want to get into this. You're like, I feel like you're personally attacking her. Unless you're going to say something nice. What are you going to say about Aki Dearest? I like her enthusiasm. She's very. All of her videos are very upbeat and very happy. Okay. Which is which is something you can't say about someone like Digibro for sure. That's true. <laughs> Digibro's like, I'm depressed and I'm gonna drag all of you down with me. Well yeah, I'm in a drunken, depressed stupor. <laughs> and this is the only thing that I know how to do to kill time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, so I, I we need to wrap this up because we're uh we're getting to the hour mark here. Um I guess something else that's kind of come out of um, the YouTube uh, anime commentary on YouTube is stuff like chapter and episode reviews for manga and anime. Um, and Chinoda, you wrote this down, and I didn't even know this that uh, Moscow did. X did anime oh, reviews. Yeah. Um, now specifically, he uh, he does uh, Dragon Ball uh, the Dragon Ball franchise in particular. But, That's uh, an anime. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> How astute of you! <laughs> you might you might have heard of it. It's got a small following. 
you know, very small, very niche. Uh, well, that part's actually very true. <laughs> um, he started a couple of years ago at this point, two or three years ago. Um, it was when Super was uh halfway through. I want to say that he really st uh that he started off with his uh own channel. And uh, for those of you who don't know, he's the a lot of voices actually, but his uh, what he's primarily uh known for is the voice of um Team Four Stars abridged Goku, um, and um, he's uh he basically uh started off his uh own YouTube channel um a while ago, and he um he was like you know let me give it a crack crack at it, and uh he got big. He, he he got uh, pretty big in the Dragon Ball fandom to the point where um he started uh, creating uh his own uh, original content uh and it's been a, a pretty interesting uh thing to watch so far his uh analysis uh and reviews uh that he did do of uh Dragon Ball and of course when it's uh back and it will be back uh what he did, uh, it was a rather that long pause after it will be back. Like I hope <laughs> you could call, you could almost call it a lost pause. You, oh, you cheeky bastard! Stop it! No, it will be back. Let's be real; it makes too much money not to be back. Um, but the reviews he did uh, was rather excellent. He uh, showed a lot of uh, in-universe uh, knowledge, a lot of stuff that wasn't even uh, necessarily shown in the uh, show itself or manga, which um, he got from a lot of other sources that are canon, weirdly enough. And uh, he got uh, pretty big into it. So just uh, one weird... Uh, Spot out there in the YouTube didn't world. Moscow didn't Moscow X also have do something in relation to the original Naruto Bridge series as well? I honestly I can't tell you, but I really wouldn't be surprised. The amount of projects he's been involved in is a bit ridiculous. Can I, I just can I just say the one thing I remember all these years later about the Naruto Bridge series? Oh no. Log, log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. Log, log. Honestly, I, I think I preferred the spoof series uh, to the abridged series. That shit was. Uh... That was pretty good, too. Yeah. Naruto was a chain smoking <laughs> dude. <laughs> and his voice was. Oh it's, God, it's it was great. so good. No, it, it was, was great amazing. because it was not great. <laughs> oh man but yeah that's something it's something you're starting to see more and more of is these people who do like chapter reviews for manga and episode re individual episode reviews for um anime it seems to be something that's like more and more prevalent where it's like you, you can you can review a chapter of a manga or an episode of an anime with like a five to somewhere between a five and a ten minute long video 
you don't have to sit down and record for hours and hours and hours to get content. And there have been people doing it for a very long time. I remember while I didn't uh do it, uh my my boys uh after watching the newest episode of Naruto, they would always go up to uh go on YouTube and watch one of their uh favorite episode reviewers uh just uh analyze the episode, look for uh hidden stuff or talk about uh in uh, universe knowledge uh, based off of that episode or further into uh, stuff. And it, it just shows there has been president uh, for this for a very long time. And it's only gonna, it's only getting even more popular. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What do you uh, guys which is, is... think about the popular opinion that chapter and episode reviews are, don't take any talent and they don't really tell much. I'll argue with that for the fact that um, it does depend on who you are and exactly what you're, um, to what level you're reviewing, I suppose, uh, to say. Because you could just be reading out what happened and that's it. There's literally so many episode reviews that I've seen where it's literally just the synopsis of the episode. And I'm like, what did I just listen to? I, I would... I would I would agree that that takes very very little talent because you can cobble something like that together in five minutes. Literally, you don't have to watch the episode; <laughs> just read the. You synopsis really don't. And then now, you here, blurred it out again. Now here's the thing: the ones that are of higher quality that talk about in universe stuff, talk about possible theories on uh, based on very uh, very real in universe situations or whatever the plot is. Those are the ones uh, that are actual quality and that uh, can be watched because they actually care instead of just uh, splurging out garbage content. Yeah, I, I would. I yeah, I, I like it when people like not, not only just not only break down what happens in the episodes, but will also give like their opinions about what they thought about it, where they think the story is going to go from there, um, and talk about things like art direction and art. Uh, or uh, and the music and stuff like that. If it's just someone reading out a synopsis, I don't care. Yeah, I will say that um, the Chibi Reviews uh, videos on uh, the chapters of Tokyo Ghoul were very helpful for me because, honestly, the Tokyo Ghoul manga is borderline abstract and I have no <laughs> idea what is like what the basic plot is going on in the <laughs> fucking manga and so him like uh, him just telling me what is going on i'm like oh i didn't know that happened <laughs> T- tell me uh tell me more <laughs> like thank reviews. you for telling me <laughs> show t- tell me more about chibi reviews because this is the first time i'm hearing of this channel oh uh, uh, it, it's it's learning time oh okay, honey then. i only watched him for his tokyo ghoul stuff uh, but he does a okay. lot of different stuff I haven't watched them in a while though because I finished reading. It's mostly Tokyo Ghoul. it's mostly manga reviews though, isn't it? Um, he's the last time I saw him, he was doing um currently airing anime. Hmm. I think he does a lot of manga though. Yeah. Well, I, I will say if, if you're gonna do in depth episode or chapter reviews, um, it's a great way to get out regular content. Mm-hmm. If you want to have a, a scheduled uploads and stuff like that, it's it's great <clears throat> for that. Indeed, it's all about the uh, <laughs> the schedules of your illegal scanlators, really. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and don't think those aren't involved, because they fucking are. Um, 
I will say uh, we ourselves, when I say we, I mean Natai and myself, are going to be delving into this uh, whole thing of episode reviews when um, the when Neon Genesis Evangelion comes out on Netflix in June. Uh, he and I are going to be doing not necessarily an episode-by-episode episode review. I think we're going to do two episodes at a time. Uh, but we're going to go through the whole series plus End of Evangelion and do just individual reviews where we pick apart every episode. We talk about the art, the the context behind what's being talked about in the story, the characters, everything. Oh, yeah. So. I have to watch Evangelion because I said I would join in on that. <laughs> That'd be good. It would be great to have someone on there who's just watching the episodes as we're reviewing them and not like us who's actually seen it before. No, remember I said I would... Remember I said I would... Hey, Shinoda, what do you think is going to happen next? <laughs> we could think, just laugh at how wrong you are. <laughs> do you... No, because I was going to uh, watch uh, the original, then uh, watch uh, this series. Plus, I've already seen the movies that are out. What do you mean? So... Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean, watch the original? I it is the original. It. What? It is the original Evangelion that's coming out on Netflix, you boob. I thought it was the remake that's coming out. No. no. They're they're doing they're doing a new English dub, but that's it. It's the original series. Oh, animation and art style and everything? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh. I thought Speaking... it was uh new everything. Wow. Speaking of Netflix, that's one reason to not watch the sub because they don't sync up the subs uh Voices, <laughs> fucking lip laughs. That does happen from time to time. You're right. <gasps> okay, I'm just a little uh. salty about that. Um, <laughs> before we end this podcast, I want to bring up one last topic. Too much to your annoyance, Alex. But... I, who, who wrote High Guardian Spies down here? I should slap okay. you. Should shut know up. Who yeah, you, you can't you just you can't just name drop a High Guardian Spice without context. Okay, look, we'll rewind like five hundred years. So I want to talk about um, the lack of minority YouTubers, at least from my experience and what I've seen on YouTube. I don't see a lot of um, minorities. And what specifically brought this um, revelation on was uh, the whole debacle with High Guardian Spice, which, if you don't remember, was Crunchyroll's original that was... um, I wish I could forget. Had a very feminist uh, uh, production team that were very vocal about their feminist leanings, and then it got... uh, very a huge backlash from the anime community and there were my youtube feed was blown up by everyone and their brother about how this um high guardian spice was bullshit but the funny thing i saw was that um out of all the reaction videos i didn't see one that was by a woman who was the main target audience of the original they were all men, so I'm like, where are all my female YouTubers? It's like, did anyone you... make Cause... a reaction to it? Any female specifically? I didn't see any. Any all the people that I saw in my feed, all men. I'm sure there were so, women, whoa. but they didn't get in my feed. Uh, okay, well, first of all, uh, there are more women on planet Earth than men, so minority is a very loose thing there. Um, secondly, uh, if Maybe have you considered the fact that maybe women saw it and were like, "Eh, I don't care." 
Well, yeah, uh, that is what that is exactly what I assumed. But um, you'd think they'd be vocal about their eh, because everybody else was so vocal about their what the fuck is this? You know, they could get a lot of views with their eh. Typically, well, typically the stuff you feel the most blasé about is the stuff you least want to talk about. Oh, honey, speak to Digibro. Oh, yeah. Okay, that is the that is the exception that almost proves the rule, in my opinion. But, um, yeah. And I know um, uh, Aki Dearest is a good counterpoint to my um, thing about women on YouTube. But um, as much as I appreciate Aki Dearest, I think she's, very much a tomboy and she very much um copies the styles of her male colleagues and she doesn't she doesn't try to make her a problem she doesn't try to make her own distinct she doesn't bring her status as a woman to the forefront of her content which i don't know is good or bad but that's what she doesn't do but anyways there's not a lot of um to me women who talk about specific topics related to women and anime on YouTube, and I would like to see that, but I don't see that. Um, uh, okay, what? Well, I would say it's very, very good that Aki Dearest doesn't constantly inject the fact that she's a woman and like, or like as a woman, as a woman, as like I, and I don't think her being a tomboy, as you put it, is necessarily a problem. It's just I, I, I don't think it's is. a problem either. I'm just saying that it's not what I'm looking for. It's not the co- type of content that I'm looking for. Maybe what you're looking for doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't. That's what I'm saying. That I would like it well, to exist. <laughs> well, I, you can't force people to make anime commentary videos if they don't want to. Like people that want to do it will get off of their ass and do it. People that don't want to do it, well, they won't do it. Well, I'm not saying that that I'm, I'm not saying that to, I'm not trying to create these content creators from thin air. I'm just saying that they're. I'm sure they exist. They're just not popular enough to be on my radar. Maybe. I mean, they're, they're in this day and age, it's so easy to get a YouTube channel and just start producing content just ad nauseum that there's a lot that can get lost in the noise. So there may be people out there that <clears throat> there may be female anime commenters out there who have said something positive about High Guardian Spice, but they have like 20 or 30 subscribers and you've never heard of them. Yeah, and I would like to hear them, and that's all I'm saying. And w- yeah. one more thing related to this topic. Um, I've recently been watching a YouTuber called Dog VA, which apparently is um, one of the Anime Man's fan- uh, friends. Not fans. It's I'm cabal. sure he's a fan, too. Um, it's a cabal. <laughs> um, but... Uh, he has VA in his name, so I'm sure he does VA work. I don't know about his VA work, but his content on... How do you know he's not from Virginia? Oh, shut up. Okay. <laughs> his content on YouTube is basically um, targeted towards Fujoshi. So he does a lot of content relating to gay male culture, um, but he is a straight man, and... It made me think, after watching like five or ten of his videos, it made me think, why am I not, why are there no like LGBT YouTubers? (laughs) Because there's a lot of LGBT uh, uh, 
like undertones and overtones in anime, but there's not many LGBT uh, YouTubers. Um, and again, the I think the counterpoint is the pedantic romantic. I'm sorry if you're not LGBT plus, um, but I think you are. I don't know. But either way, whether you are or aren't, um, you don't bring that status to the forefront of your commentary, which is basically, I mean, like, that's what I'm looking for. So that's just another minority that I have a complaint about. Yeah. <laughs> so this might be a a difficult question to answer, but I feel like I have to answer it anyway. Why do you feel that people who are women or are LGBT in some way, or are feminists, or are whatever, why do you feel that they should bring that aspect of their of their livelihood to the forefront with anime commentary? I'm not Representation. saying Representation. I'm not saying they Who should. Cares? I'm saying that that is what I am looking for. That is what I... That's the kind of content that I would like to consume. I'm sure there's definitely a lot of people who don't want to consume that kind of content and that's fine for them, but I'm looking for a different kind of content. I fine. It seems like you're setting yourself up to get into an echo chamber, but I mean, if that's what you want, what do you mean? I don't think I'm the only one. I would rather people, I would much rather hear content and watch content from people who try to make the best content they can, irregardless of what group they're a part of, whether they're a woman yeah, or of course, gay but or like, lesbian or transgender. Who, who is or going whatever. to talk about these these things if not the people themselves? Well, they can still anyone can talk about them. They don't you don't have to be a part of the group to talk about the group. Yeah, but I've I uh, would prefer to hear it from the horse's maw. It's it's a maybe, matter of maybe you have you, you just have... don't know it yet. It's a matter of if you have the if you are actually part of the community versus uh, someone just outside of it commentating on it. There is a difference. What? I I think that I don't think there's a difference at all. I think good commentary is good commentary irregardless of what group you happen to belong to. I disagree. Yeah, I have to disagree with that as well. I I don't so you would you would rather someone you would rather someone be gay and make bad commentary than listen to someone who's straight and has good commentary. I would rather It's more complicated than that. Come on, I Alex. would rather listen to No, it's uh, exactly what you said you wanted. I would rather listen to a gay man talk about the uh gay male culture surrounding anime rather than a straight man do that. I doesn't make a difference. I don't see a difference. Okay, well, I do. Anyway, uh, I just want to fucking erase High Guardian Spies from this doc that we'll work with. <laughs> let's let's get through the um, last two points real quick. Okay, yeah, so, um, so to wrap this up, the future. Um, do what, what do we collectively think that the future of anime content on YouTube is going to really stop... <laughs> For those of you who are listening to this and can't see what he's doing, he's fucking making High Guardian Spies like 80 point font. Stop. <laughs> what do we think the future of anime content is going to be on YouTube? Um, I have a very 
bleak prediction about what it's going to be, and that is there's not going to be any, unless it's actually content that is sanctioned by people who have power within the industry, i.e. people like uh, Funimation or Crunchyroll or Netflix or what have you, because YouTube has started to crack down so much on stuff like their with their content ID system, and they have perverted copyright to such a unbelievable extent to where you can get your channel demonetized, you can get your videos taken down, your entire channel taken down at a moment's notice for doing anything that's regarded as fair use. And that's where I see the future. I mean, you don't have to go far for the cause. Like just earlier last week, which could be a couple weeks by the time this goes out, uh, Gigic had his entire YouTube channel demonetized. I mean, he got it back, but because he, he emailed, uh, or I don't think he emailed, I think he used Twitter to get in touch with YouTube support. And they're like, and they, they do the same line they give their, oh, this was, a, this was a mistake when we were reviewing your channel. And it's like, yeah, that happens way too often to be a mistake. Yeah. Um, so that's what I think. I don't Unfor- disagree. Go ahead. Unfortunately, I have to agree. YouTube, uh, for a while in their earlier days, it was good, but it has been a in it has been in a slow and steady, not even slow. No, let 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 me let me remove that word. It has been on a steady downfall spiral, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Uh. To pertain to your example, someone like Giga, the fact that um, even he got demonetized and then he got remonetized, that's true, but that's mostly because he's a big channel. A lot of smaller channels have to uh, deal with uh, that kind of BS. They won't hear thing, hear anything back for weeks, if not months at a time. And people who are trying oh, yeah. to do these kinds of things for a living, they, that's it's just not doable. A lot of people yeah. uh, in both the, the anime side, uh, gaming side, a lot of communities have had to turn to Patreon um, and such other sites uh, to uh, make sure they have a steady income. And, and even even Patreon isn't a guaranteed thing because as they have proven earlier or late last year, you can get thrown off of their platform for the the crime of they disagree with your politics right yeah i totally well, agree mm-hmm. i i don't i don't i don't know if that's uh necessarily prevalent but anyway well, sorry it, it's show. happened oh well um yeah i totally agree that youtube is a very shit platform for many administrative reasons um but whether it's on youtube or another video sharing website i think that. Actually, I don't think. I hope that we get more SJW content for anime. Oh, yes, God. Bring no. in the justice. Okay, anyways. Uh, I'm good. Thank you. But no, <laughs> I, I do like think YouTube... I do think I unless like they make SJW some... content that's leading to people getting banned, but okay. <laughs> the justice. I do hope that YouTube... Uh, someone high up in the company gets on their shit soon because like unless that happens like i've already seen a lot of people start just moving to other uh video platforms and like 
I do like YouTube for the fact that it's easy and convenient. I'll, I'll be fully honest. I like it's just it's there and they have a system that's set up and that's probably one of the few reasons I'm staying. But like if even more people leave and like especially creators that I really like uh start migrating to other sites, I'm just going to go with them because this platform has been really shitty to a lot of people. And, I, like, most of the time I won't even give a damn about a platform doing shit like this. But at this point, even I'm like, yo, this is really not cool. And unless they change the uh, a lot of things, the platform itself will die. And we won't have any content on YouTube. Ought to be cat videos. You'll have that. I don't know. I think there's a very real possibility YouTube might die, period. I'm pretty sure YouTube's I mean, you, been in the red for a long time. YouTube has never made a profit. Yeah, ever. exactly. That's why. Like for those of you who don't know, ever since YouTube was bought by Google, they have not made a profit off of it. It has been a yeah. constant loss. If I remember right, am I right, Alex? Yeah, yeah. It's it's never it's never turned a profit. It's never even come close to turning a profit. I don't I, I don't understand I don't understand how this this format could ever turn a profit. I really don't. Even with ads, ad support, I don't think it ever can. Like there is a lot of money moving through YouTube. Don't get us wrong; it's a it's a ridiculous amount of money. But just because of how things are, it's constantly on a downward spiral, and it is amazing to see such a shit show happening. Well, the good thing is there's already a pretty damn good alternative that you can go to already. There's called what? So many alternatives. Yeah, but no one's using them. I, no, I, I mean, if they, if YouTube screws over the enough people, eventually they will. And okay. it's already started, is the thing. Just waiting for the day they they uh, delete PewDiePie's channel. Oh, the twelve year olds will be so upset. <laughs> I think we should wrap it up. I think yes. I think on that note, I will wrap up. So thank you all out there for joining us tonight. We hope you enjoyed listening to us because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. If you want to keep up with what we're doing and have a little more fun, you can join our Discord server, become a member of our Facebook group, follow our Twitch channel, and visit our website. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, criticisms, or concerns on this or any episode, feel free to shoot us an email. Links to all of these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, everybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was your fucking cue, and you didn't do shit. I was expecting show to go first, I was okay? expecting Shinoda. Oh, Jesus H. Christ. God, we should get married already. <sighs> oh, my God. Um, I'll get the cake. Come on.